Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast with Benji nice and this is a lotto sudal 2021 preview i don't know what lotto or sudal is they're belgian presume benji has shares in both of them he probably needs to declare that as a conflict of interest in this 2021 preview let's hope the sec don't come after him uh you know how this rule this works you know the rules 2020 review transfers we pick their monument teams as well as Grand Tours, Giro, Tour de France, Vuelta, and maybe we'll talk about the Olympics and World Champs if we can be bothered, although I don't think, yeah, maybe we can for a couple of the riders on this team. But, uh, yeah, Benji, what is, what is a lotto and what is a Sudal? Is lotto, as it's, is, it some, is it the national lottery? Is this, are you funding this team through your taxes? Yes, I am. I am certainly doing that. A lotto is indeed a uh, national lottery. Sudal is a bit of a, a do-it-yourself company. They construct this glue where you can like, <laughs> the glue you put in, on the corner of your windows, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, awesome. <laughs> Dude, we need to do another podcast about sponsorship in cycling and why the fuck there's a glue company sponsoring a world tour cycling team and no bike brands sponsor teams but anyway let's hold that to one side uh okay so benji's invested in this team albeit indirectly 2020 i was surprised we just, we just did the movistar preview two wins one at world tour level you know you're about to hear the benefit of having a top level sprinter maybe the best in the world depending on who you ask uh maybe according to me and a couple of other good puncher breakaway guys. 12 wins for Lotto Sudal, and eight of those 12 were at World Tour level, and four were Grand Tour stage wins. And I think it's safe to assume this team does not have a budget, a big budget at all. In fact, quite the opposite. I, I, I don't know, but I'd expect they're in the sort of 30th percentile or below in budget in world tour maybe that's off because of you and salary and Gilbert's Gilbert's salary but eight wins at world tour four grand tour stage wins 12 wins benji and a cup three of those others were at one dot pro sheldon luxembourg and tour de Wallonie. that's got to be an overperformance from lotto right yes um i think when it comes to 2020 we got to focus on who got the victories and if we look at that it's about 60 to 70% Caleb Ewan. So like you say, the real benefit is their sprinter. They have one of the best sprinters in the world. In some cases, the best sprinter on certain types of finishes. I won't say he's the best sprinter in total. I've got a, an opinion on that, but we discussed that at the end of last season. I think he's one of the best sprinters and he's the best acceleration-based sprinter as well. So uh, that's my take on that in short. Now, 
60-70% of the team's victories are his. Tim Mullins took two of those as well. Dane Gold won, Armee won, and Holmes won. And if you look at that, the stage that Armee won, Bato Chahont, low-level race. So not overly important for Lotto Soudal in the end. Then with Caleb Ewan, that's top-level wins. You know that. Tim Mullins as well. And then you have Matthew Holmes, who got... He didn't get lucky at Santa Strada Nander, but it's also another victory he's going to repeat every single year. So, yeah, the victories mainly come from one man, and that's what I see when I look at this team. I see Caleb Ewan and other people surrounding him. And maybe that's a bit harsh to say. You've got Tim Wellens, Thomas Dijan, those riders can get World Tour victories for certain. But the rest of the team are riders, Philip Gilbert as well, but he's also at a certain point where... Ah, I don't see him winning too many World Tour races anymore. And, That's the um, thing, yeah. But I think it's like FDJ with the Mar. I have to say that that's a very good season. You've got to remember it was a condensed season. To get eight World Tour wins and four Grand Tour stages is very good. And especially yeah. especially with that condensed season, Benji, they couldn't back-to-back Caleb Ewan to multiple Grand Tour. Did they send him multiple Grand Tours? No, they didn't. Whereas they will do that this year. So, again, they couldn't even send their top guy to both, at least two Grand Tours because of the way the season panned out. Yeah. Uh, Tim Wellens, I think, yeah, I think he's, he's come, he, that really impressed me what he did at the Vuelta, especially beating Woods. One of them was a really, really savvy win, the lines he took in that twisty, one of the twisty finishes, two, two Grand Tour stage wins. You've got to remember as well, it's only 18 stages, I think, as well, the Vuelta. Pretty solid return for Lotto Sudal there. That being said, that's in the past. We're moving on to their 2021 season now, or looking forward at their transfers. A lot of movement here, Benji. A lot of riders out the door, and I think a lot of them make sense. Adam Hansen retired. Nicholas Meis, yeah, the Wallais. I think Meis might retire. Wallais has gone to Cofidis. No big loss there. Sander Armey got that win at uh, that French t- race I can't pronounce. And he's gone to Quebec at Assos, um, Standevulf to Arju to Alamondi, Earl Citroen, Jonathan Dibbon, I think, is, I don't know if he went to Saint Perrin, a Conti team or something, Remy Mertz to Bingual, Wallonie Bruxelles, and Brian Bingual? Yeah, Bingual. It's Bingual. That's how you pronounce it. Bingual. Bingol. Is it Bingol? Bingol. <laughs> Bingual. Wallonie Brooks <laughs> That's how you pronounce it. And yep, it's phonetically spelled that way. So, what would you know? And Rasmus okay. Iverson, don't know where Iverson, where, where he's gone. I'm not having a good pronunciation day today. <laughs> Carl, Friedrich, Carl Friedrich Hagen to Israel Startup Nation. We mentioned him on the Israel Startup Nation preview, which is just on podcast players, uh, not on the YouTube channel. I don't think they'll miss him either. I think he was there. They're like, oh, let's try and bring up a GC rider. Maybe we can have a, a rider that gets half decent at GC. And he just wasn't it. And I, again, I don't think I don't think he was there. So why not let him go? He's not going to be able to do it on his own either. Um, you got any any thoughts on those outbound riders, Benji? Obviously, Adam Hansen was with the team for a long, long time, over a decade, I think. Um, so I guess end of an era in that respect. But you think they're missing any wins out of that group? 
Uh, I don't think they're going to miss too many wins there. I think Alfred Lehagen was a solid talent. I think he was good for getting a potential stage win in a Grand Tour. I don't think they were going to get what they wanted out of him, which was a GC rider. But you have that option with a few riders on the team that are currently there. I think when I look at that team, what is clear to me is that there was this date, I think just after the Belgian National Championships, where... A bunch of their team, including the likes of the Yellow Allies, I think, got a letter sent to their home that they're fired at the end of the season, that they're not going to extend their contracts. And that was something that I found weird because, yeah, over a letter to your home, that's a pretty uh, abrupt way of saying goodbye to one of your riders. And they did that because they wanted to focus on younger riders, which plays into what is coming in the incoming transfers. But then I look at the riders they send away and... Stone the Wolf is one of the better talents when it comes to cobbles in Belgium, 23 years old, going to be great at Ajaccio Citroën, and yeah. ah, they should have had him in the team. Perhaps it was his choice, perhaps, to leave, so can't say they're, uh, that's 100% their fault, per se. When it comes to the rest, Nicolas Maas, Hansen, Wallace, Armee, I'm fine with those leaving the team, personally. I don't feel like that's going to hurt the team too much. Dibben, I don't think he's done too much at Lotto at all. Remy Mertz either. Brian van Hoedkem was signed a year ago, I think, after he was at that Dutch um, team in Conti, Pro Conti, Rompot. Uh, he didn't end up doing too much at Lotto Sudalider and Iverson. I don't even know what he was able to do, and I don't know what he was, and I don't know what he did. And I only realized at the end of the season he was part of Lotto Sudal, so... Yeah, in the end, I don't think that's going to be too worrying. When it comes to incoming transfers, over half of them are from the U23 team. And that's something that has clearly pointed at the direction they want to go with the team. They want to get younger riders from Belgium. They want to try and build on that. My tax money is going to that. They want to use that tax money to invest in younger riders. And I'm fine with that. And I've noticed that despite me not knowing too many of these riders, I do know a few of them. And let's go with the ones that you likely won't know. No offense. <laughs> Maxim von Hills. I don't think you've heard of him before. He uh, was good at the uh, U23 races last year, and he's one of the better ones on the list. He got a fourth place at the Friuli race, U23 race. Uh, got fifth on a stage there, just ahead of Brajkovic. Looking at Sundwa won that stage. And um, then we look at the likes of, uh, well... He started Giro U23, didn't finish it because of a crash. Tavon Montblanc, third spot. That's behind Pierre Roland and Alexis Guérin. So um, I'm not going to say that Roland had an easy one there, but I think Maxime von Hills is not at the level of Pierre Roland. And yeah, I don't know. I just don't think von Hills is really good. I think he's pretty yeah. good. Uh, I think okay. there's some good signings, to be honest. I, th- I really like the riders they've brought on all these younger riders. I mean, Maleshi had a crash and he seems to be coming back from that. Filippo uh, Con- Conca, Concha, he, the Italian rider, um, again, he's probably the one I'm like, uh, fifth at Baby Giro at 22 years old on a two-year deal now. Like, what's he going like, to show in this year? Not much, I don't think. And then... Is he even going to improve that much? But by the time he's twenty-four, to be worthwhile, I don't. I don't really like his signing, to be honest. At twenty-two, like 
I much prefer uh, Harry Sweeney. So obviously I'm biased, but he's Queensland boy, Australian at Lord of Sedal. They've also got a long history with Australian riders. But he won Piccolo Lombardia, and he's not a he's not a small guy, Benji. He's like over six foot. I think he's over seventy kilos. Um, and yeah, to win Piccolo Lombardia, I think that's a really good result. Surprised me, a lot of us here. Um, and yeah, he, he won by like twenty three seconds, and it wasn't like the craziest hilly parkour, but still. And yeah, he's really solid. He's just like a solid rider, and I think he could do could do pretty well given how he went at the end of last season, uh, as well as picking up, I think, second on a stage at the Friuli race. Uh, but I'm biased, but I think he's one to watch for sure. Uh, what about Versheva? Versheva. Versheva, I think he had a... Versheva. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I think he had a, a bit of a map period in between, but I recall his 2019 and 2018 mostly being uh, better results. And I think he was good at those hill-style classics. He's had a uh, pretty long setup. He started showing results pretty early on in his career. And he did that with like junior races like Universal Kunis. So he's good at those cobble races. Um, he moved into the likes of LBL and such. And started showing results in the U23 versions of those races. And... I think it really built onto that. I think he's mostly going to be a puncher-style race. He was second in LBL U23 in 2019, so certainly those races should fit him on paper. Uh, I think he follows you on Twitter, right? Or Instagram? Maybe. I don't know. It's just so many. It's hard to keep up, but I think he does. Uh, <laughs> not on Twitter. I don't really care about Twitter. But I think the big news is the rider they didn't sign and who went elsewhere, Henri Vendenabeel. Second to Pitcock in Baby Giro, the yes. only one to follow him, I think, on Mortarolo from memory. Yeah, the stage eight was it to Africa. Uh, he followed Pitcock over the Mortarolo when Pitcock did a pretty hot time. He's gone to DSM, another poaching from the development squad. They poached Brenner from Bora's development team. They've poached Vendernabeel from Lotto Sedal's under-23 team. I think he was their most talented U23 guy. He's only 20 as well. He's still like 20 to 22, like there's a lot of development there. And he's do, been doing well at those U23 races at 20 as well. You know, he did well at Rondo Lizard, second there, won a stage, Giro. I didn't do well so well at Friuli. Um, but yeah, he looked to be there if they wanted to improve at GC. And hilly one-day races like Lombardia, etc. This was their guy. And uh, do you have any insight into this, Benji? Like, why didn't they? Couldn't they afford him or something? I don't know. I think they. I don't have any insight on it to be honest. I just like think in general that big money, right? Yeah, but I think the SM is just a better place to go to, personally, for the younger parts of your career. Afterwards, you get pretty angry at the management, and you decide to leave with your contract <laughs> open. But like. Early on, it seems like a very good place to go to because you get so many opportunities as a youngster and you get to explore what you want to explore into. So I think it's a better place to go. And I think Henry van der Nabele definitely realized that when signing that contract. I don't think Lotto Sudal is amazing at growing their youngsters, which, yeah, they've got a few youngsters on the team, though, that I'm like, they can do well. Like Kobo Gorsens, Kevin Tyson, they've been improving a lot. I think Kevin Tyson got a top two in a sprint at 
at the Vuelta last year or something. So all in all, they've got the talent. I just don't know if those are the riders that are going to break through and are going to make a difference. They had one of those riders in previous years, and it sucks bringing it up, but, but Björk Lambrecht would have made such a difference for the team, and it's so sad that he, that he had to leave cycling in such a way, and he was such a, a star for a lot of Sweden as well. So are they going to find someone like that that is going to break past that point of being a talent towards being someone that can actually achieve something? I don't know. I mean, it's yeah, difficult, you know? It does seem like the U23 team is doing a really good job producing talent. Like Lambrecht's a good example. Obviously, he rest in peace. But he was, people, don't forget how good he was already. He was going to be up there with Hirschi, Cosnifor, Alaphilippe in the Ardennes. He would have been up there this year. Um, yeah. And obviously, outside a lot of Sadal's control, that they don't have him there. So maybe that's why they sign. Maybe, you know, that's why they're signing Gilbert at the end of his end of his career to fill that gap. Um, so you got to, I guess, assess what they've done in that context. But anyway, that's their main transfers. Moving on now to picking their teams. MSR and Cobbles. Let's start with Cobbles first. Is it straight out for Degenkolb? It's, it's kind of a mix, right? Ken Vavelham and Kerner. Does Ewan do Kerner? Will he do them? I don't think so. I wouldn't know, to be honest. I mean, I think that Dane Cobb is, is one of the better riders on their team, but I think they've got the problem of having the riders that, when it comes to their leaders, let's look at it like this. They've got Gilbert, they've got Dane Cobb that can do cobbles, but those are riders that are past their peak in their career, most likely. Gilbert had a recent win at Paris-Roubaix in 2019, but I think over the last couple of years, last two years, that's going to grow into being less and less, and with generational talent like Wout van Aert and van der Poel, it's going to be really difficult for someone like Gilbert to get achievements at top cycling anymore. So, yeah, it's really hard for those two to do something. Ewan at Kuhnen-Brussel-Kuhnen might be possible, but if he doesn't get over the hills in the same way that the Tour de France does, then he's never going to get over those hills. I don't think he's going to get over the hills in Kent Wevelgem if he rides it like the Tour de France. Well, so I don't believe in Ewan doing those races and, until he ups his hills like skills again. So, yeah, meh, I don't know. But they've got a lot of riders that could do well, and I think one of the riders that we will see improve a lot in the cobbles. Next to Tim Wellen's going to do them as well, and most likely. Um, E3, I think, and Wevelgem, those are Tim Wellen's territory as well. But um, homeboy Florian Vermeersch, that's one I'm really looking forward to. He had a semi-breakthrough already in 2020, where he got 13th in Hindwevelgem. And in the Belgian NC, he was really good. He ended up breaking up the race very early. And then at a certain point, a split happened just ahead of him, and he was caught behind. And he was like, well, if I'm behind already, well, fuck it. I, <laughs> there's no point in putting more time into that then. So he's going to be really important, I think, in, in 2021 for that team. And I think he's extremely underrated. And his results don't show the strength he has. Toscana, he also got Ave there, surprisingly. So he's got a bit of a sprint as well. So uh, yeah, it's a bit. He's a bit like Bissiger uh, on EF. That's how I how I describe Florian Vermeer right now. So talented and could grow out to uh, to do a lot in the future at the age of twenty one only. So yeah, very talented in that sense. They also have Andreas Kron. I'm not sure what to expect from him. I recall him being great in the likes of uh, um, 
Belgium tour last year, where he fought with Tim Wellens and Evenepoel at a certain point, I think. Uh, or was it Campenarts? I don't know, something like that. And he was really strong there. So it looks like they were like, oh, this guy could compete with Tim Wellens. Let's sign him up as well. But you were going to say something? Well, no, he, he's good. He's really young. He's 22 still. And he won, yeah, he won a stage at Tour de Luxembourg, uh, I think. But the problem is their schedule, Benji. Like Jesper de Boist, he actually came 18th in Tour of Flanders and 19th in Brabantia Pale. And he's not going to be doing them because he's kind of the Giro as the lead out man, I think, for Caleb yep. Ewan. So the Ewan, and that makes sense, I get it. But yes, he would be, he's like a pretty handy classics guy because he's in the Ewan lead out. Um, it just, he can't really focus on them too much. Vermeesh, I think. I think Lotto have a lot of young riders who aren't well known, like you just mentioned, Vermeesh and Jason and uh, a few others who are like are way younger than we thought. Like Steph Kras, I was like, oh, Kras, like how old is he? He's like only 24 and like he's probably not not a great example. But yeah, they've got really, really young riders that could improve in those races. Like they're Belgian and... They've shown decent ability in the in the U23 or junior levels in those races. But in terms of the Cobble team, as you said, I think it's going to be it's going to be Dan Cobb and Gilbert. They're going to be the leaders uh, for the Cobbles, and I don't really know <laughs> really know what else uh, to say. They'll just put in the young riders that we've already mentioned. I don't, with respect to Milano San Remo, uh, Caleb Ewan will be doing that this year. But how will that work, Benji? How will Caleb Ewan and Gilbert and Degenkolb go at Milano San Remo? Is that they already did that last year, right? It's like none of the go- none of those guys are good enough to follow the move. <laughs> so Ewan will get yeah. dropped. Like, well, yeah. What do you think? And the thing is, like Gilbert, obviously he's aiming for that Milano San Remo. It's the only race he wants to win in his career. In the rest of his career, he's retiring oh. at the end of twenty twenty two. He uh, has announced that already. So he's got this year and next year to try it. Two years to win Milano San Remo. I don't think he's good enough. And I don't think he's going to do it. Would I love him to do it? For him, yes. He's probably going to be really happy after it. So yeah, okay. I'm fine with it. But I just don't see it happening. I think the rider that in general we're underrating a tiny bit is Cole Because at the end of last season in those Cole Classics, he did have good results. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen in Milano San Remo. I just don't see Dan Kolb following those moves on that race. Um, so, yeah, I think Gilbert is going to be main leader on Milano San Remo. I think Ewan is not going to get over the Poggio. Oh, it's so difficult. It's genuinely so difficult because... I, I think Tade Pagach would have more chance of winning San Remo than Gilbert yeah. or Dan Kolb, but I'm, I'm not sure he's doing that. Yeah. I'll have to check his website. I haven't done the UAE preview yet. But um, I think you really you really need to win Milano San Remo with the with Alaphilippe and Wafanat around. And Sagan's still there. You, you need to either be like crazy good punch, like Hiroshi level, Mike Woods, to follow the Alaphilippe move and be in that move mm-hmm. with those guys and then have a chance in a group of three or four. Or you need to still have really good climbing, but also you've got like the Nizzolo, Sagans, Matthews, Dion Smiths, Moore, uh, Vanderpol as well, 
like Gilbert's not beating them in a sprint either. So it's just so hard. Dagan Cobb, as you said, he probably is better chance because he does have that. He does have that proper sprint. If it was say a slow Poggio or they got caught, at least you, he could beat Matthews and Sagan for sure on his day if he got put himself in the right position. Uh, moving on to the Giro, it's pretty simple. It's all about Caleb Ewan. He's doing the Giro to a double, and they're going to take their lead out train and. He's going to go for stage wins. And that's what I really like about this team, Benji, is they, they they know what they're good at and they just focus on that and it works. Like they got 12 wins last year. And yep. You pay for the a premium sprinter, put a lead out around him and then use your development team to work around the edges and bring through young Belgian riders, etc. cetera. Um, but what about for the Giro, sorry, that yeah, Jesper de Boist, Kluger, et cetera. I don't think... I think Tim Wellens is going to the tour, so I'm not. What about Thomas de Hent? Thomas de Hent will go to the tour to on stages, right? Even even with the, it says that de Hent is doing zero to a double. Even with their other riders, so like Wellens going for stages can do it on his own. Doesn't need a whole team around him. Thomas de Hent, exactly the same thing. He just looks after himself, hunts stages. Like they're triple, actually, actually. Um, He's up for Giro Tour and Vuelta. <laughs> well, he'll probably win a stage in one of them. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me. So I, I, think I, really... I, I think I agree. Yep. I think I agree on the sense that you've got Ewan that is their key interest on every single Grand Tour. They can get stage wins on every Grand Tour. That's the goal with him. They want to get a stage win in each Grand Tour. Are they going to win the green jersey? Most likely not. He's not built for that on paper unless he gets better at those hills like we mentioned earlier. Will he do that? Likely not, because, well, he knows what, he, what he's good at. So if he sprints, he's likely to win the sprint unless he's not in any good position before the sprint starts. So their sprint train is good. It's not the best one out there. It's good. It can get him to the front. The bias is a really good lead out, but he's mainly a clever lead out. He's not the strongest lead out. So it's kind of a balance of, yeah, it's not the strongest lead out, but they're a clever lead out. Does that make any sense? I think it does. So Ewan's main problem with sprints in the Tour de France seemed to be the positioning because he was not at the front at certain points and that caused him not to be able to sprint against the big guns on a few occasions. And the moments that he could, like that stage where he zigzagged through the peloton, then he took control and he ended up taking the stage. So I think he can win a, a stage at each Grand Tour. It's really difficult to create a team for each Grand Tour because you know that Ewan is going to go to all three and likely they'll have a lead out for him at all three. If we see that the hand is also riding all three, likely Wellens is going to uh, ride two of them as well to try and get stage wins, which is good. What do you do with the youngsters? I think you fill up the teams on all three occasions a bit. You've got to try and give those guys opportunities. We saw it with Herben Tyson at the Vuelta. He had his opportunity for a sprint with Ewan going for all three Grand Tours. Kevin Tyson is not going to get the opportunity to go for a sprint in a World Tour Grand Tour, it seems. So, it's a good for him. Three. Ewan is trying to win in all three this year. Damn. Okay. You're liking I that, mean, aren't you? Well, I, I do because every every year, Benji, we look at the Vuelta and, <laughs> and we're like, holy shit, if one of the big boys, well, actually, Bennett did turn up, um, but. Yeah, but like there just seems to be some extra grand tour wins. Like it was actually a strong <laughs> sprint, sprint uh, like start list last year. Usually it's weaker than that. So yeah, you, yeah. I, I think that's a good idea from you. And 
Guess how many in his career, guess how many World Tour-level wins Tim Wellens has at 29 years old? I think uh, World Tour, nine. 16. Oof. That's what I expected. That includes, okay, yeah. 30 pro wins, 16 at World Tour level, multiple Vuelta stages, multiple Giro stages. I think he's really underrated. Um What's the general? Why is that tour stage? Why is he not a bigger name, Benji, for a guy that could win Strada, who could win a tour stage this year? He's just never spoken about in the sort of list of Belgian riders, like completely overshadowed. Yeah. Palmares is great. You're not wrong, and I think it's because of the same reason that some of the other riders on other teams are also not listed among the names when it comes to the biggest names for their country. And I think that's also something from Thomas de Gent. Thomas de Gent is also the kind of rider that went and won quite a few stage races, uh, stages. But if you're going to name the best cyclist from Belgium, you're not going to name Thomas de Gent yet. You're going to name him as one of the riders that can win stage on every single occasion that he's in a Grand Tour. So it's kind of that same story. The problem with Wellens is that uh, I recall him having trouble with hot temperatures or something. And every time he's announced a goal, like he was trying to go for... Yardens quite a lot of times in the past, and I think he's got those on his on his plateau every single year to try and do well there. And he never really achieved greatness in those races because it just didn't end up happening. While that was his main focus on multiple years, and the stuff that he didn't focus on, like Grand Tour stage wins, just ended up happening because he was the best rider in the breakaway. I think. If Valens focuses more on that, then he can gain, like, he can win through the front stage. He could have won one by now if he was focusing on that more. But I recall him going to the Tour de France multiple times, and the times he did, it disappointed, kind of. So I think that's kind of the reason. But you look at his one-week list, it's great. I think think it's because he's not got that Strade or Amstel result on his Palmares. But he's got Prabanship. The thing is, Benji... I would say Jesper Sturven's a bigger name almost than Wellens. And he's only won eight races and they're nearly the same age. And he's not won a monument either. So I think Wellens is underrated. I think he's won eighteen, And it's a lot of wins. It's just consistent wins every year. And I like the fact that he's doing a lot of races this year. Um, and I think he, yeah, just what he showed at the end of that Vuelta was really impressive to me as well. It looks like on, that he's doing uh, Tour de la Provence, Omloop, Strade, Tour of Flanders, Amstel, all the, uh, all the Ardennes and the Tour de France. I think the reason might be Benji because a lot of his wins are at races that just me and you and hardcore fans are watching, like Bink Bank and formerly the Eneco Tour, uh, maybe Tour of Poland and, and things like that. Uh, rather than the really front and centre races, as you mentioned. But definitely a man to watch this year. I think we've kind of – the teams have already been picked for themselves and we both say that – we've already said them basically. So you and it all three, Wellens at the uh, the Tour, Degenkolb, I'm not sure which Grand Tour. It's Roubaix, apparently. So Roubaix, focusing on classics. Schilbert going for the Monuments. And they're going to smatter the youngsters around them, and De Hent will go for stages, and the sprint train will support you. And so it's the same. We're not going to go through each Grand Tour; it's, it picks itself. Yeah. Um, so hot takes, Benji. 
we've got no super fan. I know you're a taxpayer, but do you want to do the super fan prediction? I guess this is just your hot takes. That is your super fan prediction in one. Yeah. I think the first one is that Tim Wallens is going to win two, two stages at the Tour de France. Well, one is not a hot take, so I had to go a bit further than one. And I think it's actually possible if he gets some breakaways because you're going to have the likes of Mark Hershey. And he's going to be the kind of rider that is in the breakaways. But Hirschi, people know that he's up there. So people are going to focus on riders like Hirschi. I think he's riding to the front, right? Yeah. I don't know yet. We don't know why, yet. We haven't done the UAE preview. Why in the breakaway? Yeah, that's my point. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, he's the kind of rider that everybody's going to look at these days now. So He might not be in the well, breaks. He might be riding train for Pikachu. That's true. That's correct. That's something I, I hadn't I thought of yet. I don't think they will, but um, yeah, anyway, we'll, we'll think about it on the UAE on the UAE <laughs> podcast. But for now, I think that Wellens has an opportunity as the kind of rider that will be allowed in the breakaway, and is always one of the better riders in a breakaway if he's in it, and if he's on the form that he was in the Vuelta, then he's going to get stage wins at the Tour de France. So uh, yeah, that's on my list. There's there's so many opportunities in this Tour de France for breakaways. Even like the Andorra stage, there's so many stages ending in a in a downhill. <laughs> so that always gives opportunities for breakaways. So yeah, I, I believe it. I really believe in the opportunity of Wellens getting two stage wins at the Tour de France. Do I have any other? Ah, uh, it's really difficult. I don't believe in Schilberry getting that Milana Sanremo. A super fan would definitely say that. Super fan would also aim at Dehinko for Paris or Bay stuff. I um not a hot take, but I hope that Molechki comes back from his injury doing good stuff. Because if you don't know what the story about Molechki, he had a crash in training at the end of last season. He broke his pelvis, and only a few weeks ago he was able to walk again, and he was able to leave the hospital a few days ago. They transferred him from CCC to Lotto Sudel this season. So when it comes to a transfer, it's going to suck for the team, but the human level is more important here. Uh, I don't care about it. the team being sad that he's not going to be performing the next couple of months. I think that they also are like caring more about his his human comeback right now. His recovery is going to be important. It's a similar fracture than Evanepoel had, so it's going to be a pretty shitty comeback. It's going to take a while, but I hope he comes back and I hope he, uh, hope he does something at the end of the season because... I don't see him coming back in the next couple of weeks, perhaps at the end of the season. And if he does that, then he might do stuff like he did at Tour of Poland last year. So, yeah, not a hot take. I think he's going to do well. Another hot take, though, Florian Vermeer is going to top 10 Tour of Flanders. All right. I got one. Are you ready? Okay, I'm scared. Seven Grand Tour wins minimum. It's um, possible. Oh, so you don't think that's... <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't think it's a hot thing. If you go to the Vuelta and hit it just right and there's no one else there, you can get four. Um, on, 10 or nothing, mate. <laughs> no, nah, 10. Come on, that's ridiculous. That's, that's if he gets if, 10. That's only if you're Demar and you turn up at the zero and no one's there. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think ooh, I'm trying to think of something hotter. Garvin Tyson, I think he's going to win a World Tour stage. Or race, I think he's going to win a world tour race level of, of any yeah. level, like even Tour of Guangzhou counts because um, he was pretty good at top five, multiple top fives in the Vuelta. Harm Van Oka, 
I think we'll top 10 in Lombardia. It's not that hot. I don't, I don't think that take. Maybe it is. Uh, I'm trying to think of the hottest know. take. I don't know. It's hard, I, huh? I thought my Ewan one was going to be really out there, but you just seem to be like it. That's just standard. Um, I'm disappointed in you, man. Come on. <laughs> I think. I think. Sorry, Sweeney. What is he going to do? Neither Degenkolb nor Gilbert will win a single pro race this year. I also think that's realistic. Oh. <laughs> well, maybe other people will say that's a hot take. Not a single pro race win for either of them. I hope that's not true. Uh, I seem like, you know, old pros and respected in the Peloton, but yeah, I just don't uh, I just don't see it happening. And I think Tim Wells is gonna have a great year. Over unders Benji, I'm gonna set it at let's let me go back to a normal year because twenty twenty was a weird one. Uh, they got 23 wins in 2019. A lot of Sudal, the most overperforming team, 25 wins in 2018. Just goes to show, if you got Greipel or Ewan, you win a lot of races. Um, that's yes. a good model. And Wellens is like a lot of that as well every time. If we look at 2019, we've mentioned it before, Caleb Ewan and Wellens are the big guns. Look at 2020, Caleb Ewan and Wellens are the big guns. Like Thomas Hand wins high profile ones, but not a lot of them, but they're still valued at a lot. And make- Tim Wellens and you would just clean up. <laughs> it is, in my view, I would rather pay, I'd rather pay 1.5, like whatever Enric Mas is making, whatever a second Rigoberto Uran, I know maybe he's good marketing in Colombia, but a top, yeah. top sprinter yeah. is worth so much. And I mentioned in another po- previous podcast. I wouldn't sign Viviani. That's because I never, I never thought he was a top top sprinter. I always said that. I said not a top top sprinter. Don't sign him to two million euro, whatever he's signed to with Cofidis. But like the top quickest man in the world, or knocking on the door, top three, they're worth it. And I just sign them to whatever because they just add so many wins and so much exposure in the biggest races as well. Greipel did that. Lotto, Ewan's now doing it, and yeah, that's uh, and Quickstep have always had a right of doing that. Maybe that's more their system, um, but yeah, back to their their total wins. I think over under is eighteen. More, I think they're gonna get like twenty five or something. I think this is gonna be the Ewan where the Ewan the season where Ewan will clean up. Agree. I really believe at the end of this season we're going to be there and we're going to say Caleb Ewan is, by a margin, the best sprinter in the world right now. And I hope we can say that because you'll be happy. But also in general, he's a down-to-earth guy. He's very talented. We said from the early parts of his career, we were looking at him as the upcoming sprinter from Australia, the new Robbie McEwen. And I was a huge McEwen fan in in the past. Like, that said, the only rider that I have a signature from outside of Giga Harvard on my wall right there from Area Mobile, thank you, Giga, is uh, Robbie McEwen. And yeah, I don't know why, but I have something with those Australian sprinters, and I don't know why. And uh, Caleb Ewan is at the, the top track. of his league. <laughs> and he's the kind of sprinter that has the fastest acceleration, and in a lot of races, that is what matters. You come out of your lead out and you just, bum, you make it happen. 
And his biggest weakness is his lead-out. It's a good lead-out, but it's not the likes of Merku. But you win in the wheel of Merku when he wins all the races he rides. <laughs> yeah, or Richese, or the FDJ lead-out. Uh, I yeah. don't know why he's doing Milano San Remo. He's got literally no chance um, the way Milano San Remo is currently raced. Maybe it's just to get some big Ks in the legs. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, I don't know why he does that. <laughs> it's a waste of time. <laughs> he can't come top 10 uh, at all. It's not going to happen. We're just going to – it's either Chapressa, and if he's lucky, he'll make it to the Poggio. Uh, but, yeah, you're right, Benji. I think he's 26. This should be his peak year. I think that's why he's yep. doing all three Grand Tours because he wants to stamp his authority as the best sprinter in the world. And, and he I, you know, if he wants to show that he is that, then he needs to go to all three and be – be cleaning up and i expect at least 12 wins total not not grand tour wins but 12 wins from eight grand tour wins for you and okay. yep eight over over seven yep for you and <laughs> but that's our lotto sudal preview uh let us know down below in the comments or if you're watching on youtube or on twitter or wherever we've got the lrcp twitter handle whether you think the takes are too hot whether they're just cold takes whether we're saying exactly what will happen uh, but Lotto Sudal, Benji, going through this process just to tie us off, I think we've been quite positive about them and I've surprised myself. Yeah. I came in here ready to think, oh, Lotto Sudal, a bit boring. The kids a bit boring. They win a lot of races and they brought a lot of exciting young guys in through their development team. So I have to pat them on the back uh, in that respect. And, um, yeah, I, I've surprised myself. What about you? Kind of surprised myself as well, and I'm gonna give you a really fun fact to end it off. Like, off topic, it's about Lotto Sudel. They have Lotto Sudel and Sudal Lotto. Lotto Sudel is what they send to the Belgian teams, shirts with Lotto Sudel on it. In non Belgian races, they go to those races and they have a kid with Sudal Lotto the other way around because Sudel wants more exposure in the outside of Belgium, while Lotto wants that inside of Belgium. And you can see that on the pictures they took of their riders at the start of the season, they gave the Belgian riders Lotto Sudal kits and all the rest Sudal Lotto kits. Tell me that's awesome. Let's be real. <laughs> what the hell? I'm looking at their mugshots now. I was wondering if they were just using old mugshots. That is so stupid, but also genius. I love <laughs> like, it. I love it. Hey, hey, listen, listen, sponsors. You got to pay extra because we're going to do this with our jerseys. Um, <laughs> we're going to have, I mean, just, we're going to have an old, we're going to have an away, a home and away strip. <laughs> Literally create a home and away strip in cycling. I mean, great, great stuff, Lotto. Um, but to be honest, if I was going to invest in a team and sponsor a team, it would be this team, 100%. Um, I think yep. they get really good bang for buck out of their riders and, and the, the squad they have compared to like Movistar, one world tour win. The salaries, I don't know the salaries, but they're probably the same. And, like, look at the difference. Uh, but maybe that's just a sprint. But that's, that's it from us for the Lotus Adele preview. Hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you in the next one. Ciao.